Welcome to Practical Access. I'm Lisa Dicker. <laughs> and I'm Rebecca Hines. And Lisa, today's a good topic for us yep. because we're still on this whole, you know, these are a few of my favorite things. I hate to say it, she's going to sing it. <laughs> no, trust me, I will not. I like our audience um, too much for that. <laughs> today's topic is something that we both have experience with. I can't wait to hear your take. Yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit just about maybe the privilege and some advice for the field in working with doctoral students. I know it's one of the things we both find a lot of joy in. Um, they may not find as much joy <laughs> they in may it not, as we do. They may not uh, see the joy all the it, time. But it really is one. And so, I don't know, I've been at UCF a long time. We won't even say how long, but you've been here a little longer. And we both have seen a creation of a PhD program. And I don't know about you, but I got my doctorate from a program that had been around for 100 years. <laughs> and um, so to be a part of something that's been new in the last 20 has really been fun to think differently about what we're doing. Yeah, I think it's exciting. I think the exciting part is knowing that you are helping prepare people who will be preparing the next generation of teachers and scholars. Yeah. You know, and that that is really exciting. And for anybody who's not really sure what a PhD program looks like, Lisa, give them an idea of like who goes into a PhD. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I get a lot of calls. You know, I'd like to get a PhD, but I'd like to do it from home on Zoom every Wednesday. And I'm like, well, then you probably don't want a PhD. <laughs> it's not um, ours. Yeah. yeah. Well, or I don't think it's a PhD in general. I mean, I think a really strong PhD program is about having a doctorate in philosophy of your field. So it's deep immersion. Um, our field has a great opportunity called an EDD, which is an educational doctorate, which I highly recommend for people that want to go part time mm -hmm. and want to do. But if you really want a doctorate, a PhD, um, most disciplines require five to seven years. Our program does it in three to four. And basically what it is, is it's a chance to say, I want to be a leader. And I don't know about you, but I hear this quite often people are like, oh, well, I want to do this, but I don't want to leave kids. And I'm like, well, I had the same thought, mm -hmm. but honestly, my high is 10 times higher than when I was with kids in my educational high of now I get to train a teacher who trains thousands of children. Better yet, now I get to train a doctoral level person who's going to train hundreds of teachers who are going to train thousands of kids. So when you get a PhD, it simply means that you're at the pinnacle of your field and you're a deep thinker both in teaching and research. And not just a thinker, but a yeah. researcher. Right. And being able to do something about it. So we don't take folks in the PhD in our discipline without practical knowledge. Mm -hmm. uh, usually it's three years. If somebody wants you to do without practical knowledge, we would not recommend it. And the people that we see very highly successful have really good teaching experience, but a real passion to be a changer in the field and to commit at least a year. And most of ours commit full time to be here and be a part of that change. Yeah, I think that's exciting. It's really the best thing about having doctoral students as a faculty member is you get fresh ideas every year. New ideas, new new teammates, new new energy. Yeah, and I think that there's two things about the doctoral here, not really promoting it, but having the field think about it. One is we've done a great job nationally in the last 20 years of really getting a beautiful, rich, diverse cohort of scholars. And I won't give you all the data because that's boring, but I will tell you over 100 scholars and 34 have been from diverse backgrounds and cultures. 
and 22 of them have disclosed disabilities. And I'm not sure we're leading the country, but I would say we're really at the top of our game in making sure the scholars in the field of special ed look like the kids that are in special mm -hmm. education. We're probably short on guys. I'm not going to kid you. <laughs> uh, that's because the teaching force is short mm -hmm. on that. But I think it's really important when you think about a person who's blind, a person who's deaf, a person with cerebral palsy, a person with ADHD, whatever it might be, Having someone standing in front of them that is a teacher or a student, that's important. But equally important is someone who's bilingual, someone who's African-American, someone who's Hispanic. Someone. So that whole diversity in higher ed, we talk a lot about, but it really starts from the teaching force. Mm -hmm. And having the teaching force look diverse so that PhD students can look diverse. And I think one of my favorite quotes is one of our scholars is quoted in a newspaper saying, look, I didn't talk about my learning disability until I came to the program at UCF, where I was in a culture where everybody talked about their differences as a strength. So I realized being different was an asset instead of a deficit. And I think that's what we're trying to do in the field of special ed, but I think the special ed doctorate should look like that too. I, I agree. And the interesting thing is, we also have had students who have a disclosed disability, but they don't disclose it. They, they feel uncomfortable. They feel like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say this to everyone because I don't want people to think I'm getting special treatment, or et cetera, et cetera. And it just really is so indicative of even at that level, people don't understand that accommodations aren't about giving somebody more than someone else. It's right. about leveling it. You know, I always, I always say if somebody if somebody walks in a room with a guide dog, you know, and it's clear they need that guide dog for support, other people don't say, I didn't know we could bring our dogs. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> like they understand it. Yeah. But sometimes when it's a disability that that other people can't immediately recognize, you know, they still feel self-conscious about those supports. Well, and I love that comment because one of the things I do want to remind our listeners as you move up in the level, if you do have a disclosed disability, remember college is a privilege, not a right. Mm -hmm. K through right. 12, IDEA is a right. When you get to college, depending on the level you're in, your accommodations can change. Because if you want to be right. a surgeon, you don't have the right in medical school to say, yeah, but I don't want to, I don't want to do surgery. Uh, like blood bothers me and I'm not going to take that doctor's exam. It's too hard. Like you don't have that privilege for that level of modification. Right. And I think that's something that often people don't understand. And then like, but I have a disability. I'm like, yes, you do. But there's still a threshold. And the PhD is the highest level. Only about 1% of people in the world go to that level but shouldn't that 1% reflect the rest of society? Right. And I think in special ed, we have done that well here. I'm also going to throw out one more piece of data that we have 11 parents of kids with disabilities. Right. I, I think that data is important, and yet what we now know in the teaching force back in, it drives me crazy, we don't know how many of our teachers are parents of kids with disabilities. We don't know and how many right. of our teachers have disabilities because we can't make them disclose. And so we don't even know if the teaching force represents. And then we make assumptions by skin color that it does represent diversity. Right. And maybe it is more homogeneous than we think. And so I do think we have work to do in this space, but I do think that people are looking for a PhD and have a disability, have a diverse background. Not only do we want you to think about it, but we want you to be sure you're represented in the great, beautiful culture that we have in special education. Well, let me get some clarification from yep. you. 
is is your message in this episode <laughs> circling back yeah. are you trying to recruit people um to of our course. program yeah, oh. any program any program yeah. anywhere so, yeah so so do you have any tips for university types who are trying to build that type of diversity in their own programs? <laughs> yes, only nobody may like my advice. <laughs> Probably so, not. So let me just say that I'm trying to recruit people for anywhere because this year, post-pandemic, we are seeing more jobs in higher ed. Remember our field right. started in 1975. Right. Many people are retiring oh, and yeah, yeah. said, we're gone. So there are over 250 jobs at this moment in special education and higher ed. So we not only need people, we need great people who reflect. But what I'm really trying to say is that as we recruit people and people go into this higher ed level, they need to be thinking about why would I want to do this? Right. What is it, my, the impact? The first thing we do with our doc students is we make them make a mission statement. And they laugh at us. Right. They're like, well, I just want to change the world. <laughs> We're like, yeah, right. that's really great. Uh, but I can tell you right now, my mission is to make the world a better place for inclusion and teacher preparation using simulation technology and any practice that makes a difference for kids learning. Right. Like, like that's what a PhD is about, is having the voice to make change happen but to make sure you're so clear in what you're doing. So yes, trying to recruit people because we have a national shortage and, and it doesn't matter. Parents of kids with disabilities, you have a skill set, but don't assume if you don't have teaching experience, you don't have that background, mm -hmm. make sure you talk to people and find out what you need to take that pathway. Just being a parent is amazing. It doesn't necessarily make you qualified to know the depth of the field. Just being a teacher doesn't mean you have this expertise in special ed because we do have a bag of expertise that we need to celebrate and also reflect in the PhD. Program. Yeah, and I think that circling back to what you said in the beginning about different types of programs because the EDD is for someone who is not, not as interested in diving into a specific research agenda. Yep. And I, I kind of want to close with reminding anyone who's thought about getting a PhD that, you know, consider an EDD unless you really want to be an expert, including an expert researcher, because we do need more research also in this profession. And I feel like so many times people are either in one side or the other. It's like, okay, I want to be just a clinical researcher, or I just want to train teachers. And they're two really different things. A PhD program is kind of designed, at least ours is, and I think many, to, to meet both of those things. So, you know, and it's tough, <laughs> but come in knowing what you passionately want to be an expert in because you are asked hard questions. You're expected to have research behind your opinions. You know, it's not just, hey, I did this one time even though that's what Lisa and I talk about all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and the one question you asked me that I didn't answer, and this is my last tip, is if you are out there as a faculty member and you want to recruit people, yes. you meet them on the street, they, they send you an email, pick up the phone and call them. I haunt people. <laughs> if they say it's they're true. interested, I'm like, and why are you interested? What can I do? What kind of funding? Where do you need right. to live? All of that before they apply. Because then, not only will they apply, but I know a lot about what they need if they were to come. Good and tip. I think we too often leave it to the bot, 
the computer email into me getting a person in a PhD program from a diverse background. You gotta know what they need to make them successful. And they, and they, got, they have to feel connected. They have to feel connected. And I think we've done that well. So we're proud of all those UCF <laughs> PhD students. But we're proud of anybody that's gotten a doctorate and anybody who's thinking about it. We really encourage you to do your due diligence. So thanks for joining us. If you have questions, please send us a tweet at Access Practical or send us a Facebook uh, question at Access Practical.